right now we go out to Tampa and uh, talk to our good friend T.J. Reeves, who, uh, yes, he mission accomplished. His Buccaneers are going to the playoffs. That means another playoff check for T.J. Reeves. How long will it last? Well, we don't know. But anyway, we've got Week 18 in the NFL. We're going to get on that and more. What is going on, my friend? Always good to be with the doctor. Happy New Year, and you're right. Mission accomplished. We are all about the postseason in Champa Bay. So let's get back there with Tom Brady, and let's see what happens. I keep saying this, doctor, and we still have another week or so before we build up to the wild card opponent, either the Cowboys or the Eagles. But I'm putting this out there right now. You want to go against Tom Brady in a playoff game at Raymond James Stadium right now? Good luck. Good luck with what the man has shown, even if behind Behind again last Sunday. Uh, I mean, he is going to find a way to beat you if it's within a one-score game. So we got plenty of time to talk about that. Always good to be with you. We should let the audience know that you and I have already been sparring today, getting ready for Three Dog Thursday tomorrow. I love having you on my show and my stuff, so it's great to be on your show and your stuff, Doctor. There it is. Appreciate it. Uh, for those that uh, would like to uh, see uh, us uh, handicap and jot each other like uh, we love to do, uh, <laughs> Three Dog Thursday, uh, Bet US yep. TV, uh, yep. both uh, both our, our other homes, me for the baseball season, TJ for for uh, football and, and uh, some college basketball, so I look forward to that for future Three Dog the Thursdays, and I love it. The man. good news is there is some agreement. There's some disagreement with you and I, but there is some agreement on Three Dog Thursday, and they got to check the show out when it's yeah. out tomorrow on BetUS TV. You know what? I, I wish that uh, you had reached out to me. Was it last week or the week before? Because it was, uh, you know, because you know we do the best bets on the show here on Friday, right. and I right. five of my six best bets on the pro and college side were all dogs, my friend. And I went five, <laughs> I went five and one that week and it was like, Oh man, this is a great dog weekend. But when we look at the underdogs in the NFL this weekend, man, it's, it's hard because teams are again, the lines are lower. Uh, and then the, the ones that are very, very high are really teams are, are trying to for do, good reason. For good, for reason. good reason. There you go. Cause the team, exactly. the team's got nothing to play for. Yeah. Right, so right. it's a, it's a, it's a tough week if you're, if you're looking for dogs, no doubt. But, but real quick, talking about your, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know that you've been sweating bullets for every game that you're on the sideline there. And here it is, you know, really a must win situation last Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. And the Panthers are, are winning this game for majority of it. And you got to be shaking your head. But then again, here comes fourth quarter. Here comes Brady. Now I'm with you, you know, Brady, you want to be on the Brady bandwagon here, you know, down, down the stretch here. But I just, you know, against a quality opponent, TJ, I just, it's coming to an end. And I said this last year. I just, and I feel it again. It's coming to an end for your sake. I hope the end, you know, comes later than sooner. But this, this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team has not put together 60 minutes of good football. That's a question for you. When was the last time they put together 60 minutes of solid football? And the answer is Germany. Not even on this continent, yeah. Doctor. There you go. Germany, they put 60 minutes together and put it on the Seahawks. And I would submit that the Seahawks really didn't recover from that and maybe haven't recovered from that. They were 6-2, and two, Seattle, when that game was taking place. And the Buccaneers jumped out 14 nothing in the first half. They were up 21-3 in the third. And that's, that's honestly the best that they have played since all the way back to week one when they handled the Cowboys. And again, there will be plenty of time to talk about a Buccaneer playoff game with the Cowboys. That's likely what's coming on, but uh, what's going to what's gonna ultimately come out of this weekend and be the opponent. 
again, it's unlikely that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to lose to the Giants, who have nothing to play for. Uh, but if they do, then the door is open for Dallas to win the division by beating the Commanders, who have nothing to play for except to screw it up for Dallas. And then in that case, the Eagles would be the opponent. Nonetheless, the Bucks have already beaten the Cowboys, and then probably the second-best game was against the Seahawks. So now I will say this, uh, for, all, for all the talk about you know, losing records and quality of opponents, that Carolina team had won five games since Steve Wilkes took over. They were playing good football over the last month. They pulverized Detroit with their ground game the week before. And even though the Buccaneers fell behind 14 nothing, they did a good job of stopping what Carolina does, which is run the football. They got back in the game, and they eventually overtook them with the big plays uh, to Mike Evans. So, uh, we'll see what that translates into into uh, the postseason. Oh, and the other thing I was going to mention, when they came back and beat the Saints after playing awful on offense in that Monday night game for three quarters, they rallied and beat the Saints. The Saints have turned around and won three straight games now uh, here at the end of the season since that Buccaneer loss and may beat Carolina to end with four. Again, the game means nothing for New Orleans and Carolina, but that's not a bad New Orleans team. That's not a 3-14 and 14 team. So they have won a couple of games late here against teams that were at least playing well that they had to win. And now let's see what that's going to translate to. Again, I'm just advising for all that are listening here in the, in the audience, don't be going against Tom Brady in a home playoff game in this scenario, especially when you've seen four last-minute comeback wins here in the back half of the season. Eight and eight for this team right now. And again, mm-hmm. you know, some, some last minute wins. I mean, this team could maybe be sitting on four or five wins, as crazy as that sounds, because it's, it's not a team that really went through a reclamation project. I mean, they did from a coaching standpoint. Uh, they really went backwards with that. But for the most part, you still got Tom Brady. You got Leonard Fournette. Uh, you still got Mike Evans and Mike has been downright, you know, but phenomenal. The interior, we've talked about this. The interior yeah. offensive line is not the same three guys, three totally different guys. You yeah. don't have Gronkowski. You don't have the deep threat with Antonio Brown, who went off the deep end psychologically. Uh, and defensively, the best pass rusher, one of the best ones in the NFL, Shaq Barrett, has been hurt since October for the year with an Achilles. So it is not the same personnel per se. Some of the pieces are still there. Yes, uh, Levante David and Devin White are fantastic linebackers. So some of the pieces are there, but it's not the same team. And they've had struggles all year. We've talked about this on your show with playing the same way, with running in predictable spots, throwing short passes, being almost too easy and too convenient for defenses to figure them out. And that was the thing about Sunday. The difference on Sunday was Tom Brady realized, we got to go down the field. We're losing. We're desperate to win this game. And when he began to air it out down the field, suddenly it's a 400-yard pass game. This was Nirvana, doctor. It's 30 points and 400 yards again from 45-year-old Tom Brady. The first time we'd really seen that all year. So uh, let's see what kind of adjustments they will make for the postseason. The only thing you can say at this point is you wanted to get in the tournament. You wanted to have a puncher's chance. You're in. You're in, and now let's see what happens. All right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a meaningless game this week against Atlanta. What are you hearing? Does Brady play? What are they doing this weekend? Well, he was adamant, and he has not addressed the media this week. He was adamant after the game on Sunday. He typically addresses the media on Thursday. He said, hey, there have only been two times when I've not played, and that's when I tore my ACL in the first quarter of Game 1 in 2008 and never played again that season. And then the league told me I couldn't play four games a few years ago for the Patriots because of a suspension. And other than that, he hasn't missed a game. 
So his thing is he wants to go out there at least for the beginning of this one. How long will any starters play for the Buccaneers? There's nothing on the line. There's no playoff seating. The Atlanta Falcons have nothing to play for. This is one of several games where neither team has anything on the line in the game. So from my standpoint, from the cheap seats, how much do you want to risk injury playing in this game in the second quarter in Atlanta, especially when they're going to have young guys who are trying to impress their coaches, their GM to stick around on the team, and are trying to make plays and take somebody out with a big tackle or a big sack? You don't want any part of that. So maybe he plays a series. Maybe the starters play a series or two. I don't know. And don't expect a legitimate, straightforward, sincere answer from Todd Bowles and from a lot of these other NFL coaches that may tell you one thing about starters playing, and then in, the, and then in actuality, guys are inactive come Sunday, and they're not playing even if they are active. So let's just keep an eye on that. Yeah, the Buccaneers, a four-point underdog at Atlanta against the Falcons. And like TJ said, the game means absolutely nothing. They just want to come out of here unscathed. And uh, they know they will be playing um, you know, the following weekend uh, in the playoffs. So, again, so many of these games, very hard to handicap uh, this final week of the NFL regular season. But what we do have, TJ, is – a meaningful, very meaningful, very uh, big-time game Monday night in college football. Now, you uh, also spend a lot of your Saturdays uh, broadcasting these these college football games, and we've got TCU and Georgia. Uh, looking forward to this. We had the best college football Saturday that I could ever remember, the two semifinal mm. games, the best that we've ever seen. And... The odds makers here in Vegas have put up a big number of 13 and a half. It came down to 13. Now we're seeing 12 and 12 and 12 and a half. They're getting nothing but TCU money here. But, you know, many of the bookmakers were afraid to, to put like an eight or a nine on this game because they figured they're going to get an avalanche of bulldog money. So again, from the bookmaker standpoint, you want to try to get two way money. If we are handicapping this game, for the last game or the last two games that each team has played, you have to think this this line is out of proportion. It looks like TCU. Yes. And both of these teams, we saw both games generate over a thousand yards in offense each game on Saturday. It's gonna be great, man. I think it's good. And uh give me give me your take about what you expect to see between Georgia and TCU Monday night. Well, from the TCU standpoint, they were so physical against Michigan, and Michigan was not able to run the ball against them like we thought that they would be able to. Uh, and they got the two pick sixes, which helped. You had Jim Harbaugh, who I don't know if he was trying to call plays blindfolded or what he was doing, especially inside the 10-yard line and goal to go over and over again. So it was a mess for Michigan, but TCU took advantage of it. And then you had wild plays in the second half, including – uh, you know, Michigan having a couple had, had one touchdown taken off the board, uh, and, and had another pick six late in the game. I mean, so many big plays in that game. But what TCU demonstrated is they have firepower, uh, with Doug in the quarterback, uh, with the receiver. They, I mean, they can score. And so now the question becomes for a Georgia team that has had trouble late in the year putting people away and putting a, a bunch of points on the board. C.J. Stroud and Ohio State threw the ball on them with uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. until he got hurt and the other receivers. He was dicing them up in that game. So that's got to be a real concern that Georgia's defense is not the defense of the 2021 season. 
It's not the same defense. And you just, I believe TCU's going to be able to hang with them. I don't know that they can win the game, but man, that's a lot of points for an offense that has repeatedly, and even a, even a defense that scored, and some special team scores too from TCU, they've repeatedly scored a bunch of points. Even in the Big 12 uh, championship game loss to Kansas State, they scored a bunch. So I, I think uh, this is going to be a wild game and probably fairly high scoring here, and I love TCU's chances to hang in. No, I do too, and I'll even go as far as, I, I know you've said it, you know, that, well, I don't know if they can win or not. They, they could keep it close. Why not? Yeah, of course they can win this game. Of course they can win this game. There's no doubt. And as we know, in every sport and we talk about, it, at least I talk about it all the time, it is so hard to repeat. It's impossible. It's nearly impossible to repeat in any sport. And we haven't seen it in a long, long time in college football. And we're seeing more and more parity. And TCU is a team that is built a lot like Georgia. TCU has that mentality. They got that dog. They got that fight in them. And they have been counted out numerous times. This team, TJ, doesn't flinch. And that's what I like about it. They don't flinch. They've been underdogs in so many games, you know, this uh, year, and especially here, you know, last week as well, too. No one gave them a shot against the almighty Michigan defense. And I said it on Friday. It's like, wait a minute. I'm not sold on this Michigan defense. Look what TCU has. Sonny Dykes is almost yeah. revolutionary when it comes to this. And Kirby Smart, not so much. They've got talent at Georgia. They've got they got talent galore at the running back and wide receiver positions. And they probably don't have those top five or top ten picks like we've seen in the Georgia Bulldogs on offense like we've seen before. And I'm still not that high on Stetson Bennett. But if TCU is going to come out here again and just have this chip on the shoulder and say, hey, man, we're playing with house money here, What's not to say that they can't come out here and shock them again? Because this isn't a bad TCU football team. This isn't no. one of these flukes. This isn't one of these Big Twelve teams that we're used to seeing, where they win games, you know, fifty-one to you know to forty-five each and every week, or last team have the ball and and give up fifty points. No, their defense is solid. Their offensive scored forty points uh, in in seven games this season. I mean, they are rock solid. And for people who think that okay, Georgia's going to show up, here's I'll tell you. Here's my take on this, TJ. If if Georgia is going to win this game and blow TCU out, you know why it's going to be? Because TCU turns the ball over. Because TCU, I think that's it. But if you want to go, you know, uh, exchange for exchange, offense, you know, this and that, they, they can do that. This is not a team that's going to fall behind early and say, oh, I'm done, like what we saw, you know, with LSU against Purdue and that kind of stuff. We saw a 15 point spread in that game and it's like, okay, LSU is going to drill press this team. We expected that. This is very similar to that. It's a 13, 12 and a half point uh, spread. It, TCU is not void of offense. They're not void of defense. So again, I think we're going to see one heck of a game and it wouldn't surprise me. If we're talking, if it's, if we've got purple and white confetti Monday night, would not surprise me. And for those people that have the cojones to go ahead and go money line on TCU, and there are going to be people out there that fire, <laughs> I don't blame them. And why not? They're a live dog. You're getting you're getting some great value, and you laid out a great case. Look, of course they deserve to be there. You don't accidentally uh, get to the Big 12 title game and accidentally beat Michigan in a semifinal. That was not an accident. And I mean, they, they could be play. undefeated, too. You can make the case yeah. they could be undefeated, just like Georgia. The, the one, one the narrow one loss. Thing, 
the one thing that concerns you, and they had a couple of turnovers in the Michigan game, and they were able to overcome it because Michigan gave it back. Remember, a, a couple of pick sixes by McCarthy, one in the first half, and then another big one in the second half, gave them 14 huge points immediately. So they, they cannot, cannot underline and circle. They cannot turn the ball over two or three times and expect to win this game because Georgia too good, too many experienced players, great coaching staff. It's going to be a lot of fun, though, to watch this. And it's, it's fascinating because the, uh, the Big 12 has not been in this position here. I, I don't believe they've been in this position in the championship game at all. I'm trying to recollect no. off the top of my head. Has no. the Big 12 been in this time? They've no. not. No. So this is a great opportunity, odds maker line aside, for them to have a real puncher's chance to win the national title mm-hmm. here under this format. Uh, and I keep saying to everybody else, one closing thing on this. Enjoy it right now. Enjoy it next year when you have a semifinal and a championship game because this is the end of the college football end of the season and what we've been used to because now what's going to happen is all that will matter is what happens in the four weekends in January, and you're going to have to see a team do this three times uh, to win, and some teams that have to play the first weekend will have to win four times. So the, the regular season is really devalued starting in two years with this playoff. So this is the last time. This time in the next and the next playoff are the last two times where we have the true figure out who the top two teams are and only play three games. We're going to play eleven postseason games starting in two years. From here on out, eleven of them will determine it in January. I'll leave you with this, and I bring this yeah. up because you've covered, uh, you've you've called uh, this team's games uh, several times this year in, in in the last couple seasons. Yep, I'd say the best team that we saw, the best performance last Saturday. Was Alabama? Yes. Over over the the two semifinal games, what we saw and what Alabama did to K State, and again, you know, <laughs> I was banging on that that Alabama drum. They should have been in the college football playoff. They were outstanding. They were the best football team that I saw last Saturday. And let's hear it for Bryce Young and Will Anderson and the culture at Alabama, where they said, "We know we got NFL careers hanging in the balance yep. here, and, and there's a lot of pressure for us to not play because Will Anderson's going to be a top five pick, probably. Bryce Young will probably be a top ten, if not a top five pick." in the upcoming draft, they destroyed Kansas State. And even after Kansas State got the early lead, I agree with you. Uh, Nick Saban, when you give him a month to prepare, look out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they, they, uh, they were tremendous. And look at the SEC as a whole. I mean, I saw Mississippi State in person on Monday here in Tampa. It wasn't pretty, but they beat Illinois. LSU destroyed Purdue. Coaching change, yes. Tennessee beats Clemson. I mean, how much more do you need? Alabama over Kansas State. Georgia wins. Had to hang on, had to, had to get a missed field goal, but they win. The top echelon of the SEC flexed. They definitely flexed, especially over this weekend. I just don't know that Georgia has what it takes to wipe TCU out. I think we get a really good game, and we segue that into you and I on Three Dog Thursday talking more about this game, and I want them to watch that because we have more spirited discussion on the BetUS show tomorrow on their YouTube and their social media platforms where we're going over this title game again with TCU getting 12.5 or 13 points, Doctor. All right, go ahead and promote away, my friend. Go ahead. Yep, they can catch it on BetUS. Three Dog Thursday is there, Buccaneers Radio. Uh, We will be ready to go from Atlanta. It's more like a preseason game, and we get ready for the playoffs in two weeks, probably against the Cowboys, so... Again, I always love being with you. We'll get ready for the Buck playoffs. We get ready for the NFL playoffs. College basketball cranking up, too. I do the college basketball coverage with Bet US, and I always love being on with the doctor.
Behave yourself out there in the desert. Happy New Year. Right back at you, brother. All right, take care. TJ Reeves, our guy in Tampa Bay.